Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Welcome everyone. If you're new, my name is Miles. I'm the pastor of Elevation and it's our honour with my wife and I to serve you all. Uh, We're finishing our series called Genuine. It's about real relationships in a superficial world. Next week we start a new series called Powerhouse, the Holy Spirit. We uh, do this every year. We study the book of Acts and we bring that into our church as we base our church on the early church. And we've got a great lineup for Powerhouse. We've got Gus who's coming. Gus is our pastor at Revelation Church. Gus is next level man of God, faith and power. And he's going to blow you away with his prophetic gift and his Holy Spirit uh, teaching. Uh, We've got Ben and Anna and then we've got Rudolph coming in from City Point. uh, Some of our INC churches on this great series of Powerhouse. But we haven't finished with Genuine. I've got some work to do today. And it may be challenging. I'm going to deal with the heart and we're, we're, uh, there's a little more teaching than preaching today. And so please open your heart up and let's not uh, lose all that God wants to do in this series. And I, I think there's, there's a bit of work He wants to do in, in our hearts. And uh, hang on to your seats. We're going to go there. We're going to be authentic and real and honest and open. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit's power do some work in our hearts to make us better in our relationships. Let's look at Proverbs 27.9. Sweet friendship. Refreshes the soul and awakens our hearts with joy. Isn't that beautiful? For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields fragrance and incense of God's presence. If we studied in this series, God actually uses relationships with each other to heal us. So we're designed to have a relationship with God vertically, but also a relationship with each other. That's why we talk about fellowship and people in the body. It's actually God's plan. And we find that in James 5.16, the Bible says to confess your sins to each other. Well, hang on a minute. I I thought we'd do that to God. (laughs) Well, God forgives us. The power of Jesus Christ forgives our sins, but actually we go to each other for healing. I don't know if you knew that. Maybe you need some healing. You've been going to the wrong place. GPs are great. Google's awesome. But the power of people in your life, Scripture says, brings healing. Pray for each other that you may be, may be healed, may be healed. So Relationship Australia did a study in 2022, just recently, on emotional loneliness. What's emotional loneliness? Well, that's when you lack at least one significant person in your life that you can be open and honest and real with. One person who knows you. They discovered that one in five are lonely, but here's the tragedy. 18 to 24-year-olds, that percentage from, went from 20% to 40 In a generation where we are more connected than ever before in the history of mankind, we're finding this next generation are more lonelier than ever before. That's not okay. And as a church, we need to speak into that. As a church, we need to unpack God's Word to say that's not how God designed this world to be. So today we're going to teach on how do we build these strong relationships. Now, psychologists use this example of a bucket to determine emotional health. So let's say we all have a bucket. All of us have a bucket. Your bucket, it represents your physical, emotional and spiritual resources in your life. Basically, everything that you have as a person to offer a relationship. So your bucket, the the, the ability of health, of physical, emotional, spiritual, that's where we have to start 
in the foundation of building healthy relationships. This is so countercultural because the world says, what can that relationship do for me? The world says, how can you fulfil me? The world says, how can you make me healthy? But God turns it upside down. He says, no, no, it starts with us being healthy so we can pour out to others. So this really is a a life-changing concept because so often we think relationships are about the quality of the other person. God turns it around. He said, no, no, hang on. Relationships are about your quality, your ability to love, your ability to give. And, and so this bucket sort of, uh, sort of kind of says, how can you pour into others? Uh, what, what do you like about pouring in and, and helping other people? Now, th- there's two sort of buckets out there. Number one, there's an empty bucket. Empty bucket. Uh, even as Christians, often our buckets are empty. We, we come home from work, we're exhausted. We, we, we're just busy, we're overwhelmed. We seem to have spent everything we have emotionally throughout the day, getting through that public transport, paying those tolls, getting on the grind, getting on the treadmill of life. And we come home to the ones we love our most and we're like, Dad, can we play uh, maybe later, son? Hey, hey, how was your day? It was good. And, and, and there's this inability for us to give because it's empty. We'll talk about how do we correct that. Because unless something's pouring into you, you'll never be able to pour out to others. So the first thing we have to understand is many times as Christians, our relational ability, we're empty. We've got empty buckets. Some of, don't nod if spouses, don't, don't nod husbands and wives. This is not a marriage counselling session. This is not, I'm right, I told you, you need to talk more when you get home. This is about embracing health, okay, and supporting each other. The, the second problem with our buckets as Christians is they're toxic. Ooh, we're going to go there today. <laughs> Full of church hurt, full of mis uh, expectations, failed promises, uh, abuse, upbringing, hurts, dysfunction. So suddenly we, we lack the ability to commit. We lack the ability to trust. You know, we, we, we lack the ability to be vulnerable and open because our buckets actually filled with the world's toxicity, broken promises, hurts, dysfunction. Uh, the enemy uh, wants to rob, kill, and destroy. So uh, we, we have this. We wonder why we have jacked up relationships. Our bucket is either empty or it's toxic, and we're thinking for something to flourish. It's like we're pouring Roundup on our tomato plant. Why is that thing not? growing. So we're going to go there today. How do we get healthy buckets? Let's get real. I grew up in a non-Christian home, Northern Beaches. Dad was a workaholic. He was Danish, kind of eccentric, didn't know Christ. So I don't blame him. But my upbringing shaped my bucket. It shaped my ability to love. Here's how. He was very cold. I never remember him hugging me. I never remember my dad saying, well done, or I love you. I, I, I hardly even saw him. I remember as a little kid, I'd try to stay awake at night just to get a glimpse of him when he came home. But my little eyes had shut and I'd be so annoyed with myself because I didn't stay awake just to get a glimpse of him. I was yearning as a young man, as a young teenager, as a young boy for his affirmation, for his appreciation, for his love, and, and I just didn't get it. Now, the one thing I did do was work hard. And so he always had a list of jobs for me. And he was a worker man, so I would have a list of jobs. And if I did the jobs, I'd get a, hey, thanks. 
or not even a thanks, maybe a nod or a well done, or he might crack open his KB beer back in the day and I might get a sip of his beer. You know, that's what you do as Aussies, right? Here you go, here you go son, at eight years of age. And so, you know, that just desire to his approval. And uh, it, it, just, it just messed me up. So when my parents got divorced, he moved to Avalon. We stayed in Mona Vale. Um, I was a teenager. I would do the, the, the Saturday visit dad, jump on the bus, go up and see him. And sometimes he wasn't even there, but he had a list of jobs. Yep. And so I would plough through that list of jobs, wash the car, mow the lawn, you know, clean the back. It just goes through, I'm just wanting him to recognise me, wanting that love and appreciation. But what I didn't realise was how that shaped me. He wasn't abusive physically, but he was completely absent. And that caused me just to become this people pleaser, wanting to find some form of significance wanting to find some form of love, wanting to find something out there that a young man desperately wanted from his dad. And so that sort of forced me into this thing of workaholic, where I just work to perform, to try to get results, to try to find some form of significance. Let's fast track 10 years. I'm 24. I get married to my beautiful bride, Bonnie. And I just had this bucket that did not know how to love. And I was such a worker that I got so much reward from working hard, I pursued working even more. Before I was a pastor, I was a builder. And so when I was dating, this is just, you, you go, look, you got to have grace for me today because you've all got stories, but this one is a bad one, ready? So I thought, okay, I'm dating Bonnie. I thought, all right, how can I, okay, what if we dated while I worked? Brilliant, right? So I was running a three-story walk-up building project, a uh, set of units, and I thought, okay, Bonnie, come to work and we'll have a morning date smoko. Brilliant, right? So she's coming and I'm talking to the contractors. Hey, how you doing? I'm working around. Here's the plan. Wait one minute. Back. True story. This is so bad, hey? And then, like, one of the units kind of needed to be cleaned out for the tiler that was coming. Uh, my bucket was bad, man. I'm sorry. It was just a bad bucket. Well, there was a broom right next to the unit. Tyler's coming. Bonnie's available. True story. Bonnie, here's a broom. How about you sweep out this unit while I go and organise the contractors because the tiler's coming. She looked at me. She's got the broom. So you can go stick this broom where it hurts. <laughs> and she walked off and left me at the building site and went down to the beach to sunbake. First time my theory of hard work didn't work. And I'm, I'm like, I can't get it. What, what do you mean? Wish the Tyler, we could save money. I could not believe it. And I was so bad that she, we had one car when we were early married. She's a dental nurse and I was building big hours. And so I would just forget to pick her up. <laughs> oh, shocking. 
I mean, not 10 minutes. I'm so sorry, honey. It was like an hour to two hours. She'd be sitting waiting at the dental. You hate me, hey? I just did not. Look, it wasn't that I was bad. I just did not have the emotional capacity. I didn't understand how to love. I, I didn't know this thing called empathy. I didn't know what empathy was. I just was caught up in my own world because of the dysfunction I had. Here's what's scary. You really want to know what's scary? I was a committed Christian. I was a youth leader, newly married with young couples in our church that we were mentoring. And I was dysfunctional. God help me. And luckily he did. And so I want you to know that it starts with your bucket. What does your bucket look like? What was your upbringing like? How has your upbringing shaped your ability to live, love? Your ability to give? How is, how is your bucket, if you were sort of to rate it, about pouring into your children, pouring into your spouse, pouring into the lost, the unbelievers? Here is the good news. God is a God that's into changing us into His image. He's a God that wants to get healthy buckets so He can do His work on planet Earth. Romans 12, 2, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Let's get practical. The patterns of this world are external, focused on the outside. Whereas God's transformation is internal and happens from the inside out. So the patterns of this world is make me happy, do things for me. But transformation is we become like Christ with an internal change. The patterns of the world says, what can I get out of the relationship? But Christ says, what can I give to the relationship? The patterns of the world says it's his problem or her problem. But God says, no, no, what do you need to do to become more like me? The patterns of the world say, what's in it for me in a relationship? But Christ says, how can I serve unconditionally? The patterns of the world says, uh, make me feel good. But Christ says, I'll lay down my life for you. What a turnaround when it comes to relationships, God's ways versus the world's ways. So the patterns of the world are often based on feelings. The way I feel determines how I build relationship. If I feel like talking, I'll talk. If I feel like going out, if I feel like catching up, feelings are a bad building block for relationships. Imagine letting your two-year-old allow the feelings to determine their lifelong decisions or letting your teenager use their feelings to make decisions. Yet we do that every day when it comes to relationships. We allow feelings to determine our decision-making. We're not driven by feelings. That's the world's pattern. Or we we focus on doings. If I just be better, if I give me four points to succeed, let let me have a good habit. But, But the problem with doing doesn't deal with the heart. The dealing doesn't, doings don't change you from the inside. God wants to do something called transformation. This Greek word transformation, sorry, the word transformation comes from the Greek word metamorpho. It means uh, like changing a caterpillar to a butterfly. It's where we get the English word metamorphosis. It's complete transition, a complete change. You can't just put a band-aid on a relationship. We have to change no matter where we're at. No matter what age, no matter how long, God is still doing His sanctification work, changing us. The only other time this Greek word metamorpho is used is in 2 Corinthians 
So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed by His glorious image. For Paul, this transformation and renewing of our minds takes place when we behold the face of God and spend time in His glory. How do we get a healthy bucket? We behold the face of the Lord. We spend time in His presence and look at His glory and allow Him to change us. So let's go back to my bucket. Um, 35, I moved from uh, building to pastoring. And I was still not great with my bucket was still being worked on. And it wasn't until I actually became broken that transformation truly happened. Brokenness is when you come to an end of yourself. Brokenness is when you say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you. Now we can all say that, but to really believe it, where you're just on your knees, bawling your eyes out before God, saying, I surrender, help me. And what that did, that shifted me from hearing my earthly father's voice, who had passed away at that point, to suddenly understanding my heavenly father's voice. I suddenly had this, uh, this epiphany, this transformation, this revelation of my Abba, Father. That there became this intimacy where I suddenly realized God loves me not what I, because of what I do, but God loves me because who I am. Transformation starts with your identity in Christ. Who really are you? Who are you? You're a son or a daughter of God. You're the apple of His eye. You're the head and not the tail. He's for you. He loves you. You're not, it's not based on your performance or your upbringing or your parents or where side of town you were born. It's based on His great love for you. I, I wish I could bottle this process that took about 12 months um, and, and just sprinkle it on all of you and so you don't have to go through the pain that I went through. But here's what I know. Transformation is hard. Transformation is painful. Transformation takes time. That's why not everybody wants to go down the transformation route. And, and in truth, God never finishes sanctifying and transforming us. But it understands when we understand who we are in Christ. God rebuilt me. He literally transformed me. Now, Miles 2.8, I still got some ADD issues. I'm still racing around. I'm not the perfect husband. But I'm far more focused, thoughtful, caring, because I'm operating out of a healthy place that I know I'm loved, that, that I know who I am in Christ, that, 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 that I'm secure. That I'm not just running around trying to gain performance so I can feel good about myself. That, uh, you know, my, 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 my comp, being competent in life or my uh, satisfaction in life isn't uh, based on me winning people's approval. That the only approval I need to win is my Father in heaven. And when we're tight, when we're good, I have a healthy bucket to pour into others. I have a healthy bucket to love. I have a healthy bucket to be thoughtful, to give, to be kind, to be generous, to, to, to become more like Christ. G -g -g God is building us. He's transforming us. 2 Peter 1.3 says, By His divine power... God has the power to transform us. It's not up to our ability. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life if we allow Him. 
Doesn't say that, but I add that on. That's the Miles additive to the uh, expanded version of that scripture, if we allow him. Um, We've received all of this by coming to what? To know him. One who called us to himself by means of his marvellous glory and excellence. You want to be a better dad? Know him. You want to be a better friend? Know him. You want to be a better husband or better wife? Know him. Despite your limitation, despite how ugly your bucket may have been, despite the abuse, I'm sorry. Man, I'm sorry. But it is what it is. We have a choice. Do we allow God to transform us by his glory and his power or we hang on to the toxic bucket? and try and manufacture a life, some form of existence, hand it over, get on your knees, get broken, get before our God. I actually had to go to see a psychologist at that point to try to identify and, 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 and bring to the surface some of that you know, un- dysfunction that was in my life. And I don't know what it is for you, but I know we can all go further in being transformed and sanctified from the inside out. What matters is what happens when you're alone with your God. What matters is in your prayer closet. What matters when no one sees you. What matters when you're in your car. You know, it's a relationship with God. That that's what brings the health in our lives. So, what do we do? Some practical ways. How do we fill this bucket? Number one, you fill your bucket with the Holy Scripture. All Scriptures is inspired by God, and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong with our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. I pray the Holy Spirit's kind of correcting some of you now. I love you too much to not call it out, not to be vulnerable, not to let you know. I've got issues that I'm working on, but I want God to do what he wants to do. Correct me, God. Help me. Teach me. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. You know, the world says, follow your heart. Jesus says, follow me. The world says, be true to yourself. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must die to himself. The world says, believe in yourself. Jesus says, believe in me. The world says, love your truth. Jesus says, I am truth. The world says, as long as you're happy. But Jesus says, well, a prophet, the man, if he gains the world, loses his soul. Let's get our hearts and our minds wrapped around the truth. Fill your bucket with the Holy Scripture and fill your bucket with the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, when the Father sends the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you. Have a relationship first with the Holy Spirit before you can have a relationship with others. Build your relationship with God. Talk to Him, walk with Him, spend time, journal, uh, get out of the, the, the busy minds, just, just spend time. Uh, everything uh, will remind you of everything I have told you, the Holy Spirit, He's here to guide you. Get your relationship strong. I I love getting in church. I hear His Word. The Holy Spirit prompts me. I, I love getting into our prayer meetings. God speaks to me in our prayer meetings. Fill your bucket with the Holy Scriptures. Fill your bucket with the Holy Spirit. And fill your bucket with godly counsel. Fill your bucket with godly counsel. That's why we're doing this relationship on genuine, because we want to grow so we can be healthy. Proverbs 15.22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 1.5, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Look at the strength of relationships we have in our church, the mentoring that's available. But it takes initiative. It's hard. It's not easy. It's just not a spoon-fed handout. You've got to lean in. You've got to look for it. 
Fill your bucket with godly counsel. Helps you make godly decisions. That's why I love life groups. In the early church, they met in the temple, in the homes, in the life groups, where we have this ability to love, to care. Who's in your life group? Are you in a life group? I love the church community. We can be surrounded by godly counsel. Wayne Max says this, the plain unvarnished truth is that every one of us needs accountability that comes from formal, regular, intimate relationships with other godly people. It just doesn't, transformation just doesn't happen by chance. Not like winning the lottery. We need that formal, regular, intimate relationships. Let's be a church of healthy buckets. Let's be a church that can love in a healthy way. Let's be a church that who we know who we are in Christ. It's not built on a method or a name or a title or a building or a denomination. It's built on this real powerful relationship with our God that we know who we are in Christ. And out of that health, we can pour into others around us. If I was to close the message now, it would be a good message, I think, I hope, but I would miss the whole point of the Gospel. And I think as Christians, we end it there and say, God, we want a relationship with you and others. And while that is the commandment of God, there's something more for this whole purpose of being healthy. What is that more? Why do we need healthy relationships with God and others? Look at the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit their relationship, what, why? So they could redeem mankind. Ultimately, it's the Great Commission that we can make disciples. That we can be healthy with our God and each other so that we can see people come to Christ. We can have a healthy relationship with God and each other so that we can expand His kingdom. We can have relationships with God and others so that we can be obedient to the calling of God on our lives. That we wouldn't hold this for us to be happy and joyful, although that is part of it. But we're willing to give away to see people who are lost, who, who don't know the gospel, who don't know Jesus, who don't know love, who, who've got this toxic bucket. They're bouncing from relationship to relationship and nothing changes because they don't know God. And Father, as we close our time today in this series, we realise the whole point of relationship is to redeem mankind. And we want to be a church that's focused on the lost. We want to be a church that's focused on people who aren't in church. That that's what you came for, to set the example, to become like Christ so we could love the hurting and the lost, so we could see them come to Christ, that we could see their lives change. We would see a harvest. We would see revival that people would be saved, that they would understand there's a God in heaven that loves them dearly and deeply, that they would understand they can have a relationship where they're loved and cared for, that your kingdom come, your will be done, that that great commission would be outworked through elevation. Eyes closed and heads bowed. Maybe that's you today. You don't know God. You didn't know you can have a relationship with Christ. That's why Jesus died and rose again so we could be forgiven and we could have a relationship so that we can spread the gospel, fulfill our destiny, see people come to Christ, populate heaven, plunder hell. We need revival in our land. 
We need revival in our schools, in our workplace. We need revival in our families. We need revival. God, help us to be healthy so that we can help others. Think about a lifeguard. They're not going to save anyone unless they've fit and healthy themselves. When that mask falls from the the, the, the ceiling in the plane, you put it on first before your children. You've got to be healthy. God, we want to be healthy for the sake of others. That, that's got to drive us. It's got to be our focus. It can't be about us or our church. It's got to be about the lost and the hurting. I pray that the health in our church will spill out into our workplace, spill out into our friends and family. They'll be invited to come to church and different events. They'll feel love. They'll hear Jesus. They'll be saved. And today that's you need to be saved with eyes closed and heads bowed, just raise your hand and say, yeah, I need Jesus to be my Lord and Saviour. I want a relationship with Him. Just boldly raise your hand wherever you are. This is your decision that we all have to make that you can say, Jesus, I want to be saved. It's all about Jesus changing us from the inside out. And it starts with salvation. It starts when you surrender. It starts when you say, Jesus, here I am. Save me. Save me. Come on, raise your hand wherever you are. Save me. Save me. Save me. Save me. Save me. Save me, Jesus, save me, save me. This is why you're here, save me, save me. No greater decision, no greater miracle than to be saved. Let's all say a prayer. Jesus, save me. Be my Lord, be my Saviour and fill my bucket so I can love others. In Jesus' name, everybody said,